everybody! Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. I'm Jeremy, and we're shouting. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I, I just, just was trying we're, to... We're bringing the energy early. Yeah, this is a pretty energy-heavy album we're talking about <laughs> it is. this week. It's, uh, it's called Commit This to Memory by Motion City Soundtrack. It, it was the first album that neither me nor Jeremy suggested. It was suggested by a person outside of outside of us two. Yeah. And yeah. That, that person, I think, is it safe to mention the name of said person? Yeah. I feel like we mentioned it last week. We did. It, it was Alyssa, um, my girlfriend, partner, person. Uh, baby, baby mama. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she didn't. She didn't like request it through any normal channels. She didn't like. <laughs> she can't be fucked to actually comment on yeah. her stuff. <laughs> she, she like me has an aversion to social media, so she was like, "I want to request an album," and I was like, "Okay, cool, comment it on something." And she was like, "I haven't been on that? Facebook for three weeks, and I'm not about to change that, but yeah. I- I'm putting in my suggestion." I was like, "Fair enough, fair enough." I dig it. I dig it. It's cool. We did it. the The album, like you said, Motion City soundtrack. Commit this to memory. Got some interesting album art. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was a difference between the deluxe edition album art and the regular. I probably should have pulled up Google beforehand. But um, the one that I'm looking at is it's got some like pink and it's got mm-hmm. some gray and it's got some white on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the left sidebar, there's kind of like this little like label thing going on on the left where it just says motion city soundtrack. It's yeah. kind of washed out, whatever. Then the main attraction of this album art, there's like a dude in black and white. It looks like a, a drawing, perhaps, or maybe like one of those filters from Instagram that makes it look like <laughs> a drawing or something. But he's wearing a flannel shirt. He's he's coming out of the left side of the album. <laughs> so I feel like the whole thing should be rotated. Yeah. But uh, you can't see his eyes because it's covered up by this ribbon. There's like a ribbon of that pink and gray kind of going across the album. His arms in front of it, but his head's behind it. So you can't see his eyes. But uh, on his head is like a city. It's yep. like a some. It's, it's like a small like metropolis kind of deal yeah. going on with a water uh, tower. And, there's a, there's a visible water tower. Yeah, and a telephone a, pole. Probably doesn't mean anything, but uh, I have no idea. You know, see, I've always saw it as him passed out on like he's laying face down on the floor. Oh, and that's his arm. Yeah, it could be because there's like there's some cracks in the background. Yeah, and there's some like text written. I didn't even realize there's text written there. It says "fall fast" and "fall hard." Yeah, I I, those are probably lyrics on the album. I wish I knew better. Maybe, but, <laughs> but uh, the deluxe edition or whatever. I don't know. I've seen the one that you just described is what I've mainly seen throughout my life. But I have also seen an alternate okay. version where it's flipped. So like how you said his his arms coming up. He's he's coming up out of the ground, and then a, like a banner along the bottom has the bottom half of the faces of each of the five members of the band, and it says hmm. Motion City Soundtrack. Interesting. Well, whichever one you have, uh, it's pretty cool art, I guess. Yeah. At least this, this one's that I'm looking at. It's pretty cool. I like it. It's it's appealing. I like the, the shade of like pink and fuchsia, or whatever they fucking call it. But yeah. uh, I don't know, the grays, the pinks, the whites, it makes it pop. It looks I like, like it. it looks like something I would have like tried to see or make in like the graffiti editor in like a Tony Hawk's American Wasteland <laughs> yeah, or something. Definitely. And I think that is very much the vibe of this album. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways where it's very like nostalgic. Yeah. I'm trying it, to go full stop there and not discuss too much of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But, well, you know, uh, if I 
looked like that guy that's passed out on the front of the album, I would, instead of how I look right now, I would definitely be feeling pretty attractive today. So. That oh would, yeah, you think it's, that'd be an improvement? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you should see what I look like after months of not leaving my house. I well, would, you should see what I look like when I talk about track number one, to Attractive Today. <laughs> So immediately, I guess I'll take lead on this, even though neither one of us really recommended this album. Yeah. Um, Attractive Today, it immediately just has this, this very pop punk sound of mm-hmm. the, the time, right? This album was like, what, 2005? 2005. So it, it's very much like that Bowling for Soup, the Blink-182 feel. Mm-hmm. Side note, it makes sense because the album was produced by Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Hoppus? Hoppus. I've always Hoppus. said Hoppus. That sounds right. Of Blink-182. So it's very much that sound. Uh, it's got some synths sprinkled in, which I really enjoy the sound of the synths that they used. I'm torn on whether or not I like the guy's voice yeah. on this album. And it, this is like a recurring th- theme throughout the whole album. Is it just like sometimes it works and other times I feel like he just can't sing or maybe he sounds like he has a common cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the lyrics. He, he, he sings about having the common cold or being tired of the common cold. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I... I, not, I don't love the sound of this album. I've never been into pop punk stuff yeah. like this. Uh, Blink-182, I've heard like three songs. That's probably low. I've probably heard like five. but Surely you've heard five. Yeah. They, but, they were inescapable. This, this genre, yeah, this genre doesn't really do it for me. There are some exceptions, but we'll, we'll get to that at some point, maybe. This, so I mean, his voice... It definitely has a very high. It can be very nasally, and yeah. I mean whiny, but that it's like typical of this genre. So right. sometimes on this album, it gets a little harsher, and that that kind of makes it a bit better for me. Like I like it more that way. Whenever he's kind of really leaning into it, yeah, uh, and sounding more aggressive, I like I like that more. But uh, this is definitely music I grew up with. So it's kind of just there for me. Like, it's yeah. just one of those things that, like, and I'll mention this again. I put it on in kind of the background, or I should say Alyssa puts it on in the background, like, if we're, like, doing dishes or cleaning or something. Mm-hmm. And because uh, she still listens to this a lot. I actually haven't listened to this album, really, other than when she's put it on, I'd say, in, like, eight years, maybe ten yeah. years. That's a pretty long time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's pretty, most of the songs are just pretty typical pop punk, which if you like it, you're going to like it. I think they do it yeah. pretty well. Like, so. Yes, yeah. it, it's still not my thing, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to save my full critique. I'm not, I'm not going to slam this album just yet. <laughs> I'm going to save it for toward, towards the end of the album. So oh shit. Give my full, my full thoughts on, on how much I am indifferent about this album. <laughs> 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 Lyrically though. It, clearly, the dude's feeling down and yeah. just wants to get better. He, he says, uh, and as I gently sip this drink, I think about my lack of future and all the places I could learn to fall in love, which kind of implies that he's kind of in a panicky state and he's thinking that he, he could just move somewhere else and just start over and say, fuck it, like, no, I, I need to, to fall in love somewhere else and, and try and try living out that way. Uh, I also really like in the song, he says, I know I shouldn't waste my time wishing I'd been better designed, which is kind of like showing self-awareness of saying like, this is how I am. Yeah. And that's not something that I feel like I can control. 
and he, he's not being happy with it, but he, he's still like, he's acknowledging it and saying like, fuck it. Like this, it's, it's out of my hands kind of thing, which I think a lot of people feel, especially when they're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely having some issues right now. And like you said, he's, he's reflecting, he's thinking on it and just, he's sick of, he's fed up with the common cold, which, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess we wouldn't know this yet, but, uh, I think he's using common cold saying like he has, he's feeling hungover from sure. a drink, but you know, we'll get into that later and you know what we can, I'll, I'll just stop right there and we'll just leave it. Cause everything is all right, man. We'll just, everything is all right. Oh God. <laughs> Track number two. Everything is all right. Everyone and their mother has heard this song. Yeah. Literally fucking everyone. If, if I was trying to offend Alyssa, or if I was trying to not worry about what Alyssa was saying, I would say this is their one hit. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, the only song that I've ever heard by this band, I think. I wouldn't, I guess I would say it's their one hit in the sense that this is the one that everybody's heard, but I feel like a lot of people who have heard this general genre have heard at least one other song on this album. But this would be their hit. This would definitely be, because it was everywhere. Like, yeah, and it's not fair to call them a one-hit wonder kind of yeah. deal because they have several albums, right? Yeah, they. I think they have six now. Like, I think they actually just got back together and came out with one. There you go. Yeah. So, not not saying they're not successful, but this is literally the only song that I think I've heard. Yeah. Uh, by them that I'm aware of. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very nostalgic. This yeah. song is the epitome of nostalgia, and it, it's got. I really like the the intro. It's got the simple like washed out drums the distant sounding vocals, like he's in another room yeah. and the guitar is kind of washed out as well. Uh, and then it, it kind of comes in, which is, is kind of a recurring theme through this album where they have like, kind of like in that soil workout more, there's an intro section, yeah. which is very much a sign of the times, right? Yeah. It's, for it's sure. kind of the, the thing that happened. Uh, th- there's a reason the song was huge and probably the reason it was the only one that I've heard, but uh, I don't know. I, I like it. It's, it's fun to groove to. I feel like the vocals work better with this song than the last one. I like his delivery, his rhythm, his melody. I did not know that Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy was involved in this song. Me either. Until uh, looking into it for this. But uh, I really do like the the duet kind of thing that they got going on with it. Yeah. I find it very hard that, to believe that I never knew that. But yeah, right? Because, <laughs> like, that's just... I don't know. Like, that I, seems like it would be wider known, right? Yeah, but for maybe, their biggest hit, maybe that's just one of those things that they slipped in. I don't know, but like this song, it uh, since it was their biggest hit, it was the first song I ever heard by them. Mm-hmm. It's very nostalgic in the sense, like, so this song was on MLB 06 the show, <laughs> and okay. I I had that game on PlayStation Two. You, you were a baseball video game player, huh? Dude, I was a baseball player. I played baseball from when I was like four until I was like 14. So like up until, yeah, like that whole time I was all about, I didn't necessarily like the realistic ones, but MLB, the show was like, you could like hit the ball and it would be like on fire. And yeah, it's like the blitz. Yeah. uh, Baseball. It was kind of like that. So it was more my thing. Cause, uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't. I still don't really care for because baseball's games. boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I would like. I don't know. This just the lyrics are pretty relatable for, especially for the demographic that the song is going for. 
because sure. this song specifically is about his kind of OCD or like ADHD type. Yeah, t- type he, of, he, he, he seems very neurotic. Yeah. And talking about his anxiety. Yeah. So, I mean, being a kid of the 90s, like, uh, I was diagnosed, of course, I was diagnosed with ADHD because <laughs> fucking literally everybody was. Like, that Hashtag was just. Hashtag relatable. That, yeah. Like, that. that's just the thing. It was like they were just doing that. And then yeah. this here comes this song where dude's talking about hating the ocean theme parks and airplanes. I hate all those things. I hate. I hate talking with strangers. I hate waiting in line. I hate being around just other people in general. I'm, right. I'm at that point. I was probably so MLB 06, the show. I would have been probably 12, and I had already been through like several rounds of like ADHD medication that mm-hmm. didn't work, or I just hated the fact that the way they made me feel and like all sorts of other alternative therapy to try to get out the energy or whatever. And I was, yeah. I was just like a 12 year old listening to this song, like shit, dude, I do count the ceiling tiles whenever I'm in a room. And I do, I do all that. This guy is like, I would, I would literally go into the soundtrack of that game, turn it on just to listen to this song over and over again. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's, that's got an interesting tie into the album that I picked for next week. <laughs> the little tease at the, end of the, at the end of the episode. But yeah, other, like, honestly, that nostalgia aside, this is just a very, very well done but generic emo pop punk song from the mid two thousands. Like you said it, not me. I, I'm I'm <laughs> I am going to be critical because I had to take a I had to take a good look at this album when I really, yeah. when I re listened to it. All of this stuff is said out of respect and love for the <laughs> genre. Because and, and for your your baby baby mama. Well, she we disagree on music, plenty. So okay, so she's cool with us. Yeah, on this album. she's definitely. I mean, I might she might come up here and be like, "Hey, fuck you," <laughs> <laughs> but, but in a loving way. Yeah, of course, of course, a loving loving fuck you. I really do like uh, in the song though. There's this veneer of fine that he seems to be putting up when internally he's far from it, and there's the shift. In uh, I guess the chorus, the post-chorus, I don't, I don't have lyrics up, but uh, at early in the song, he's like speaking from someone else's perspective, and he says, "Are you feeling fine?" And he replies, "Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be just fine." Yeah. And then later in the song, it's them instead of just asking if they're feeling fine, he's like saying, "Yeah, I'm fine." They're saying, "Someday you'll be fine." Like, yeah. it's it's clear that like they've asked him and asked him, and he's just saying like, "Yeah, I'm fine." But they're they're kind of maybe seeing through it a bit now and be like, yeah, someday, just like give us some time. Like we know you're not actually okay right now, but yeah. like, it, it'll happen eventually, right? Eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe you just have to wait until you're around someone else because when you're around someone that makes you feel better, then things get better. When you're around, when you're around. And uh, when you're around, I like to talk about track number three on this album. Aww, that's the nicest thing you've ever said. <laughs> but uh, track three is when you're around. That's that's what it's called, guys. It is. You know, in my head there was a laugh track there. <laughs> <laughs> we could add one in. I'm not going to, but we could. Yeah, it wasn't, and it wasn't like the real one. It was like the right. Yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah. When you're around, this song, it like I. Never knew that Mark Hoppus produced this album. This song always gave me such a strong Blink-182 vibe. Like, later yeah. Blink-182, not early Blink-182, but once they kind of changed their sound. And that makes sense. I figured out Mark Hoppus, uh, 
kind of did this whole thing and you know it, it makes sense now <laughs> yeah I, I like this track it's it's kind of a simple catchy song to bob your head to uh in some aspects it reminds me of alkaline trio mm-hmm. which is a band that is on our list to discuss so i can't wait to to do that album <laughs> and and feel the returned hatred maybe from Alyssa. Uh, maybe we can get her to guest on that episode if that yeah. ever happens. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me of them, and I re- I'm pretty okay with them as far as this kind of music goes. Uh, I say pretty okay. I really like them. But yeah, uh, yeah. His, his voice is a bit rougher on this track, like you mentioned earlier, that sometimes seems to be pushing himself. Uh, I don't think it works that well in, in this song, at least, where it, it just kind of sounds like he's trying to reach outside of his range and he's failing to get there, and it just it doesn't sound good to me. Well, as we all know, I like stuff that doesn't sound good. So <laughs> I do like 100%. it, but uh, it's just, I don't know. I like kind of the rawness of it where it it doesn't, it feels like it he is. It human. Yeah, like he it, he definitely is trying to reach outside of his range and it, you can tell it's straining his voice, but that's what I like right. about it. But uh, yeah, this song, I mean, it is... Like we said, it fits in that vein, and you're going to be hearing that a lot. I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and... there, there are very few notes that I wrote about the, music. the, the musical composition. Yeah, and that's not, like like I said, the way that I typically would listen to this album is kind of just to jam to it. Like, I know, right. a, I know a lot of the lyrics, and that's really what most people who deeply listen to this stuff, listen to like, yeah, they sure. want, they want to hear lyrics that they relate to along with music that is generally inoffensive and it, right. it works. But, uh, that's, yeah, that's the nicest way of saying boring, <laughs> generally inoffensive. <laughs> well, you know, it is, it's got a good yeah. beat. It's all like upbeat. It's all like, it. like I said, it's easy to bob your head to yeah. and just kind of, kind of vibe with, uh, yeah, as far That's as the, the first uh, vibe of the evening. Yeah, <laughs> there we go, <laughs> vibing, vibing out right now. Vibing. Uh, the lyrics are, as I slightly alluded to earlier with the Hangover, this song is about him, at least from what I can gather, about him kind of being drunk, drowning his sorrows, and he. It's like he's being, he's in love with somebody. He, he. He's so full of love, it deeply sickens him. And I'm guessing this love is not reciprocated by this person. And it's it seems like they are like verbally attacking him. Yeah. Because I I don't know like I don't know if it's because of he's drunk. It's just because he's just like a generally annoying. They find him to be generally annoying, or they just don't like him. Like really don't like him. But it seems like. They're verbally attacking him, and this coming from somebody who he feels such affection for causes him to, like, drink more. And it's, to me, it seems like a song about alcoholism falling deeper into it, at least, I guess. Yeah, I kind of, like, I saw that there were a lot of people talking about how this album's about his alcoholism or his, like, troubles with alcoholism, but I didn't want to, like, fully lean into that yet. Um, I, I do think the song, like, obviously, there's a lot of references to alcohol in this album, but uh, I feel like this one was more like 
it was like a one night stand kind of deal that turned into a relationship, but neither one of them really wanted a relationship out of it. Yeah. And so it, they just kind of like got on each other's nerves and it seemed like the single was maybe even physically abusive, possibly due to alcohol. And yeah. His partner was verbally abusing him, like you said. And uh, at some point they split, it seems. And she was telling everyone that he was being abusive or whatever. Cause I, I think I, I don't have lyrics up, but at some point it's like, did I actually do those things you said I did? Kind yeah. of thing where like, she's telling everyone that he was this monster true or not. It's not clear, but he doesn't even know probably because he, he's intoxicated he's, a lot of the time. Yeah. He's just like, man, I, I, I'm kind of seeing that maybe I'm an asshole when I'm drunk. Yeah. But, but I'm not going to stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, which is very much a big part of this album, I think. Which I mean, I guess it's a big part of alcoholism. Yeah. It's an addiction kind of a thing. You don't stop until eventually you stop, and by then you've <laughs> left a, a fucking wake behind you. Yeah. But sometimes, when, once you get your, your shit together and you stop drinking, there's some sort of resolution that, that can come, some peace to come at the end of the... At the end of the, the year, perhaps. Yeah, and sometimes a resolution is what gets you to stop drinking. It's true. And sometimes... Like, uh, a new year. Yeah, and sometimes a resolution is the title of the fourth track on an album. And this is that case. Yeah, I think there's a 100% chance of track four being called Resolution on any album that is titled Commit This to Memory by the band Motion City Soundtrack. Did we already do this? I feel like we did this already. <laughs> I don't know. Track number four, Resolution. It's it's yet again, it's gotten the like guitar in one ear thing. Mm-hmm. That they, they do it a lot on this album, and it kind of gets on my nerves. <laughs> uh, at, at, at some point in this album, I think I call it out specifically. But uh, yeah, it, it's just like a simple guitar intro. I feel like I might have heard this track before. But I'm I'm not a hundred percent positive that I've heard it before. Uh, I do like the drum pattern on this track. Yeah, it's got some some nice like wavering lead guitar lick towards the end that adds a nice texture. It's got like a guitar solo section that has the synth mimicking the guitar, which is kind of a nice addition. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's pop punk again. It's it's not deviating too too far. Well, Jeremy, there's twelve tracks on this album, so I think our listeners should get ready to hear it's pop punk. At <laughs> least, another. at least seven more no. times. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I stop mean, saying it. Yeah, no, I'm it's gonna keep, I'm gonna keep saying it. But uh, no, nah, I'm not actually gonna. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm not I'm not actually gonna keep saying. Joey's it. lying on on live television right now. Live television. <laughs> <laughs> but this song, I always really liked it. Whenever I was younger, mm-hmm. and that's, I think. That's my main issue, is I was forced to take a deep look at this album. Yeah. And it, it's not meant for that. Like I, It doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's, I don't know, there's so many albums that, like, it kind of happened with the Soilwork album, it definitely happened with the Two Man Gentleman Band album, where right. I was forced to really just look at the album, and I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's not how I remember it. Yeah, which, luckily, I'm the type of person that the next time I'm listening to this, I can just forget and just be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm just going to listen to it the way I've always listened to it, and it's going to be fine. But, yeah, everything was, is all right. Yeah, everything was all right, and <laughs> it will be all right eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one, it's kind of a breakup song. There's a bit of that on this, or at least a relationship theme and how yeah. he, he's seemingly abusing 
alcohol and, and ruining relationships. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're all about the same relationship. It's not super clear if there's some like through line or whatever, but uh, in the song specifically, he's hoping that next year is going to be a, a better year for him, but it seems like he has this kind of cycle and he, he doesn't really like believe that it'll be better. Yeah. I, I don't actually know if it's all the same relationship because this one seems to pretty clearly end. Yeah. I don't know. There's a line now that our, now that our things are divided, she refuses to speak and I'm drifting to sleep at the wheel. Like that makes me think that they're, they're gone. But yeah, like this song is very, he's very aware that he is the issue that his alcoholism or drug abuse is the issue it's the problem it's the reason they're breaking up he even talks about how she's put up with so much of it and would would help him and would tend to my wounds and fill me with food when i'd stumble in drunk for breakfast like he's he's talking about how great of a person she was or i mean an enabler but a a great a great person in that sense and at least he's got the wherewithal to be like yeah i'm the one fucking this up you did everything you could but uh, it's me, so. Yep. So I'm just gonna keep drinking. <laughs> yep. So I, yep. <laughs> it, it's it's a spiral. Like yeah. it, it's kind of like this the snowball of like, well, now now that I'm seeing that I'm I'm the issue, the only thing that'll make me feel better is getting drunk and thus continuing the the cycle of me ruining things. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's this song is necessarily relatable. I. I've never been to this point in my life, but there's definitely times where it's like I've fucked things up because I wanted to get fucked up and yeah. I felt bad. I didn't react to it this way. I reacted to it and what I'd like to think is a more healthy way. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but yeah. you're not an alcoholic, so I'll give you that. That you know of. That I know of. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, 2020 has made everyone an alcoholic at some yeah, point. That's, that's very true. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes whenever you're just pouring drinks on yourself you know it feels just feels like rain just pouring all over you although i can't say that i'm aware of what that feels like because normally when i'm drinking something it goes in my mouth down my throat (laughs) i'm not literally pouring it on myself but track number five is called feel like rain Rain. is it feels like rain or feel like rain you know it's probably i I think it's a tense i think it's feel like rain because i thought that it was weird it is feel like sense it is i'm wrong uh, he's got a punchy drum intro again in one ear. <laughs> it's like, I think three or four tracks in a row that have had this, just like they play with the stereo sound a lot yeah. and just force it into one ear before the song comes in, which I know, whatever. If you like it, you like it. They clearly liked it. Mark Hoppus <laughs> clearly liked it. So yeah. Whatever. He really liked it, I guess. Uh, this is the song that I called it out. <laughs> so, I really dislike all the stereo one ear playing because who the fuck wants to feel like they're deaf in one ear? Because <laughs> that's how, like, if I'm listening to a song and, like, the end of the last song was in full stereo and then the start of the next one is only in half, like, I I, I don't know if it's a psych- psychological thing, but, like, I feel like, God, this is just, this feels uncomfortable to me. Yeah. I always freak out and think that my headphones broke. Like, See, that's that's a more rational way to look at it. Then, I, oh my god, I'm deaf in one ear now. <laughs> well, I do have that feeling sometimes, but it's mainly on, I don't know, there's there's a difference in it. Like, I'll pull one headphone off of my head yeah. and, like, see if it's really that silent. Oh, I do that a ton. Yeah. Where I'm like, what? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I totally thought this was a drum 
like a drum machine or an electronic drum set at the beginning because it doesn't sound like real drums, but I think it is real drums, but I don't know. I didn't look into it. I didn't I didn't call it out as being different. Maybe we'll go back and listen to it after this episode. It sounds not real. But, you uh, sound not real. Yeah, I probably do because <laughs> I've listened to our, our podcast and I sound not not there. I sound like I'm... Like I'm not on professional audio equipment or something. Well, I mean, that's that's because that's the case. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do like there's a nice build up section in the song, and it's kind of this weird drop section. Again, they only put it in one ear, which kind of pissed me off, and I think that's what set me off to like comment on it. But uh, lyrically, I feel like there's a lot of obscure and unnecessary analogy mm-hmm. in the song. But it seems like he's talking about his relationship, uh, maybe the same one as in prior songs. Again, I'm not; it's not totally clear. And it seems like they both want to change, but they also don't really give a shit, so they're not going to change. And it, it's, it's like the purest apathy, possibly from depression or alcohol, alcoholism, that keeps them numb and, and kind of paralyzed to where they don't want to change. Yeah, I... This song confused me because the more I looked at it, like like you said, it's very like convoluted. Like there's a lot of yeah. unnecessarily. Is this vague the one where he talks about like his BMX bike? No, that's later. That's yeah, that's track eight. Yeah, yeah, that is track eight. He uses a lot of weird like nonsense analogies that don't really make sense. But I mean, I guess he was trying to sound cool. Yeah, and maybe to some people he thought it was cool, but to me it just it was nonsense. Well, see. When you're at the, at the point in your life where you're probably discovering this music, it's, I don't know, I feel like bands like this do this thing where they're, like, so specific. Like, it happened with me on Everything is Alright when he right. referenced counting the number of tiles in a ceiling. That is something that I had done before. I, I don't know how many people have done that. I feel like there's a deep, a, not, a, not a super low amount of people that have done right. that. Yeah. And it's like, but... The hearing it is so weird. If you're hearing it out of context, it's just like, why would someone like that's that's a weird, like specific, but also kind of just out there reference. And that's I feel fair. like I feel like he does that a lot. And it's kind of just like throwing a bunch of darts at a dartboard, being like, <laughs> somebody's gonna relate to some of this. And yeah, just, it's, just mention a hundred specific things, and a hundred different people will feel what I'm feeling. Yeah, in very specific cases. Yeah, and yeah, that's kind of how I... I don't know if it's people trying to get into a relationship, like this song, and they're like afraid to do it because they don't want it. He's he's seen himself destroy so many relationships. He's like, ah, fuck, I might do it again. I don't want to do it again. Or if he's like stuck in a relationship that he knows needs to end. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't really make heads or tails of what the exact meaning of this song was. That's okay. We don't make heads or tails out of anything. We're all just guessing. And maybe if we, I don't. I'm not gonna. I can't. There you go. There you go. Track number six. Makeout. Makeout kids. kids. I have no idea how to segue that from what I was talking about. (laughs) I don't know why I started. But uh, this one does not have a a mono one ear intro. There you go. I was excited for that. Uh, I feel like at this point in the album, I kind of caught on. He really likes a certain melody that he uses in a couple different songs where he sings the first like three or four uh, or the three, like first like three quarters of a phrase or a line in his kind of natural higher pitch thing. And then at the very last, like couple syllables, he drops down low. He does that quite a few times in this album outside of like, cause 
and everything is all right like in the i guess the verse is like uh checking my tires like that yeah that <laughs> and he, he does that a lot uh i noticed it again in this song i think i noticed it again in a couple other songs um but it, i i don't know if it's lack of creativity because that's offensive and not necessarily fair or if it's just kind of his signature or if it's just like a coincidence I mean, I, I don't know what the recording process was like for this album, so maybe they were recorded separately and he didn't, like, realize he was doing it kind of a thing. I think it might just be, like, something he goes to or just kind of he figured out what worked, so yeah. he just did it. Like, it just right. works with his voice, That's I guess. a positive spin. Yeah. That's me saying it's just not creative and Sammy. Well, I mean, I th- yeah. It's it's really just two sides of the same coin. I don't. Yeah. I hate to say that it's not creative, because he created it to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, it's fair. like, but I mean, it's like calling Skrillex uncreative because all of his drops sound pretty much the same. Shots fired. Boom. I mean, they're signature sounds, and yeah. I guess that's just his signature sound. Yeah, I will say the intro to this song, or kind of just the general vocal melody, gets uh it's stuck in my head a lot for better yeah. or for worse. But uh, I, I, I will also give more credit to the song uh, than I was implying. But uh, apart from the chorus, the song very much feels like it's a strokes song. Like mm-hmm. it, it'll be on a strokes, uh, a song from the band, the strokes. And I'm kind of okay with that, especially at this point in the album. It's, it's a nice change where it doesn't just feel like the same pop punk stuff. Although the chorus very much is, but it, it feels kind of more like stripped down and kind of chill. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as the lyrics are concerned, you had talked earlier about uh, one of the songs being, I guess, about people who got together for like a one night stand and then tried to make yeah. a relationship out of it, even though they didn't want it. I feel like this song is in the same vein, like Agreed. make out kids. It's like people who are, you know, they're just together for a good time. And then they're, they're like, you know, I guess we'll be in a relationship, but that gets fucked up because they're not actually compatible. And then, oh, you can't you can't be makeout kids anymore because now we hate each other because we're not compatible. So it's like, yeah, I really like that sentiment because it's like the whole hook. He says, "Makeout kids never had a chance to be best friends," meaning that at least what I took it to mean is that like kind of like what you're saying. If you move into a relationship too quickly and focus on the romance of it, or maybe like you said, starting as a one night stand kind of focusing on the, the passion and the romance of it. And you move into being in a relationship too quickly. You're going to end up being involved with someone that you don't really know. Yeah. And if you don't really know someone, then how can you really give a shit about them or, or care about them in, in that way? Yeah. Or what happens when you find out something that you probably should have found out right <laughs> earlier. And then you're like, Oh no, I, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're not my type of person. Which I'm sure happens pretty frequently. Yeah, I can't relate to that. I'm not <laughs> that kind of person, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't, I don't, I don't jive with that. But uh, you know, not shit. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I don't you know. know. I, was, I was thinking, and, and track number seven is called "Time Turned Fragile." Yeah, that's that's the best way we could put it. <laughs> this song musically. I feel like does more than the other songs to try to keep you interested. Like I agree. it changes more. There's kind of, there's 
a few breaks. I think there's like two or three little breaks where it kind of drops the typical pop punk sound. And yeah. there's one that's especially like drum heavy. Like it's like yep. almost like a drum solo. And uh, then after that point, the drum, it just kind of continues with this drum roll as the song keeps going on, which I thought was at least pretty cool. It was nice to have that in the middle of this album to be like, okay, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like rebuilding the, the momentum of the album in yeah. a way where it's like, it's a very upbeat and kind of cheery sounding track. It's very rhythmic. Like you said, there's a whole, like several sections of like breakdowns and stuff. And there's that drum fill that comes through uh, that kind of builds and they, they just add layers and layers and layers over top of that drum fill and they keep it going. And then uh, towards the end, it just drops out and it leaves the, the synthy organ sound at the end of the track that just kind of yeah. like fades out. And I think it, that might be my favorite sound on this album. It's just that kind of like ending organ section. Well, hell yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, it's a pretty cool effect. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> there could be one part on this album. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trashing the album. Yeah. It's just, it's just not my thing. Uh, lyrically though, this one's kind of interesting and weird. I'm kind of torn on how I feel about it in that it's written from the perspective of the singer's father. Uh, I think it's weird because it's, it's kind of like putting words into someone else's mouth almost literally when you're writing from your perspective what you think their perspective is. Yeah. But I guess this is more so like he's reflecting on his childhood through the lens of his father, so maybe it makes sense. I don't know. I feel like it could have easily been written in first person instead yeah. of from his father's perspective. Um, yeah, this... The father's perspective kind of threw a whole, like, I get why he would do it in the sense that it seems like he, he's filled filled with a lot of regret based on, like, stuff that he's been talking about in this album. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's, like, you know, a kid, especially a kid born, I mean, no, fuck it, uh, just a kid. It's like, you're brought up and you want to like make your dad proud so if he's yeah. feeling like he's not doing that to write a song from his dad's perspective like i can understand why he would do that but him writing this song from his dad's perspective put the thought in my mind that he was going to go to a place where it was like his dad was the reason he was doing this or like yeah. his <laughs> his dad like i don't know was an alcoholic and that's why he is now or that has some some, but it wasn't like that. It's kind of the opposite. Yeah, like, I feel like there's a lot of positivity coming from his perspective or from his father's perspective, where he's like he's talking about his how his father's like cherishing memories that were made when he was younger, and his father's always like checking up on him and hoping that he's doing well and being proud of his son for doing everything that he has done in spite of his shortcomings, kind of a thing. Yeah, which is totally awesome. Like that's yeah, great sure. to, to have a support system like that. But uh, the narrative choice to write it from his dad's perspective put thoughts in my head that like confused me when they weren't right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange choice. Uh, I do like the the lyric callbacks that he he says. You used to say that you're just fine, but I still wonder all the time. Uh, again, kind of tying back to their big hit. Like a lot of that is where he's just saying that he's fine. Yeah, he's lying to people. And then at the end of the song, uh, he cha- it that line changes. To I know I say I'm just fine, but I hope you wonder from time to time, meaning that like he he's kind of owning up to it. He he's accepting that like yeah I tell everyone I'm fine all the time, but like I I know I'm not, and I'm glad that they're still thinking of me, kind of a thing. Yeah, 
definitely. Uh, you know, that seems like too proud of a moment. So I'm not, I'm not going to do the segue I was originally thinking of. So fuck it. Let's just, let's just go get, get fucked, fucked up, up and, and die. die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This, this upsets me. What? The, the, the punctuation. This is track eight, by the way. Yeah. L G F U A D. But I don't know if this is, I don't think this is specifically a YouTube music thing. The it's punctuation not. is after L and G. So it's L dot G dot. And then FUAD. In all <laughs> FUAD. F U A D. Which yeah. it's an acronym for let's get fucked up and die. But then why wouldn't they they put periods after every letter? I think they just did it just to be just to do just it. To piss me off, honestly. Like, because <laughs> I always. So the first time I heard this, I, I, uh, you know, I downloaded this album illegally the first time <laughs> I heard it, you. like extremely illegally because I got their whole discography too. How and, dare you! And uh, it was titled "Let's Get Fucked Up and Die," so oh, yeah. I had always like whenever I was a kid, like just like yeah, that's the name of the song. And then the first time I got like an official release, it was LG Fwad, and I was yeah. just like, "What the fuck? Why? What's LG Fwad? What's LG Fwad? <laughs> yeah, I legit did not know because of the way it was stylized. I couldn't have even gathered that it was maybe all right. an acronym." But, uh, yeah, I don't understand the stylistic choice other than just maybe they thought it was fun to say LG Fwad. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but maybe so. Maybe that's how they referred to it when they were recording or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's an acoustic piece, uh, which I kind of like, especially in, at this point in the album. It kind of breaks it up a bit. I feel like the acronyming, the, the theming of it, it had to have been inspired by Green Day. <laughs> right? Because Green Day has a track called FOD, which is Fuck Off and Die, which is also an acoustic bit that cuts into like this upbeat thing uh so i, I feel like there was a heavy inspiration there for yeah Green Day. yeah i feel like this whole genre takes heavy inspiration from a direction that green day went but i yeah. i don't have enough evidence to back that up so i'll for just sure. leave that statement we don't have there. evidence for anything we talk about and yeah. state on this show <laughs> that's very fine. true i feel like green day was like a predator predecessor to this whole like pop punk not oh, qu- sure. not quite punk but like it's kind of what got it popular but i agree yeah i don't, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that green day are, are like the forefathers of this kind of the style of pop punk yeah they yeah yeah but i didn't actually know that they had a song called fuck yeah off. it's fod it's fuck <laughs> off and die and it's an acoustic it, it does pick up and gets uh back into that kind of pop punk feel but it starts off completely acoustic yeah so, hey so, I, feel, I feel like it's it's too much of a coincidence just like this song because uh this song by the end it does start to have more stuff coming back like it's got like right. the wee wee keyboard synth thing, thing going on and uh yeah what it might be you know like holy shit i never knew that that's yeah, funny yeah, we'll, we'll i'll make you listen to it at some point but uh, lyrically, the song is just kind of about embracing being a piece of shit for now, <laughs> it seems. Yeah. He talks about how useless he feels and how his life's in the toilet. And eventually he says he can believe he, he believes he can overcome it. But for now, he just wants to be drunk. And this is the song that I, I fucking hate it. He, at, for no reason, he says, and the BMX bike of my life is about to explode. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no lead in to that line to give you context for the BMX bike. He's just like he's he's just out of his fucking mind, and just is, throwing shit at the fan. Isn't BMX like 
pedal bikes though like yeah why is why yeah i know (laughs) it pisses me off i hate it i don't understand it i Uh, i want i wish there was some some sense because i was like okay maybe maybe it's a callback or call forward or something and there's no nothing it's just this one line he talks about his bmx bike about to explode uh, i don't know on the other hand though i really do love uh, the lion's towards the end of the song he says it's the only way i've learned to express myself through other people's descriptions of life yeah because he he quotes a book or a poem or something and he uh like word for word and he says i don't know if that's legal but this is the only way i've learned is is to kind of express myself through what other people have told me which is kind of like it's kind of relatable in in some ways in that like I feel like a lot of times the best way that you can describe something is something that you've heard described before. Yeah. It's hard to like generate that uniqueness or, or I mean, I guess that's what songwriting is, right. Is, is saying something that's been said a hundred different ways in a way that nobody's heard before. Yeah. Kind of a thing, which is hard to do. It is hard to do. I can't do it. I mean, and yet here I am trying to say things about songs. <laughs> yeah. But, that's uh, fair. Maybe we're geniuses, but maybe uh, some someday you can teach me your ways, Jeremy. And then once you do, you better open the door for me to be a better podcaster. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I should open the door for you. Yeah, but not now though, because we're supposed to be social distancing. So right, yeah, the the metaphorical door. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I better open the metaphorical door. It's in parentheses. It's track number nine. It's not actually in parentheses. There's, yeah. The word metaphorical is not in there. It's just better open the door. Yeah. Uh, I had very few notes on this one. So Me I'm going to come out and <laughs> say it. I really do like the synth that they use on this album and the song. Uh, it's got this really gritty bass sound at the beginning that I, I really enjoy. Yeah. That's all I got. Musically. Well, shit, man. You took, like, the only things I was going to say. <laughs> the two talking points. Other than the two talking points you said, I just... It's a typical pop punk song from the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, it's good for what it is. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics, it's typical for what this album talks about. It's not like he explores any new ground in this yeah. song lyrically. It's more about alcoholism, about... The, the, they bet... I What I get is that his friends better open the door whenever he comes calling every weekend, whenever he wants to go out and... That he's gonna yeah, go he, he says if not, he's going to like hammer through the yeah. walls around it kind yeah. of thing. He's just going to beat the shit out of their house yeah. until he can make his way in to be like, hey, let's let's go get me drunk. Yeah. Really drunk. <laughs> Which is uh, probably good. He's already probably drunk at yeah. that point if he's I, breaking down their walls. I, in no sober state of mind, would break through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Especially of a person that I like. Yeah. So... <laughs> Especially in their house, yeah. <laughs> Specifically, oh, you, get angry, you get angry, you punch a wall, like it happens. But not that yeah. I've punched a hole in a wall, but I have. Happens. But it's yeah. it's not. I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> oh, were you calling me out without calling yeah, I mean, me? Out? I mean, together we'll ring in the new year. Track number okay, two. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is uh kind of a slow clean chill song he sings in falsetto on the song yeah uh, quite a bit which i actually enjoyed me too it was kind of a nice mix up uh i feel like this song would be a good ending track to the album (laughs) and at this point i was like well i'm interested to see if the next two or three tracks end it better uh there were two more tracks um 
but I don't think they did. I think I think the album would have been better ending here. I agree with you. Uh, Fuck yeah! Like it's yeah. I like I like this song. I greatly act, I actually like really enjoy kind of the falsetto thrown in there. Like yeah, it. I don't know. It just sounds really nice. It's laid back after all of the intense, loud, in-your-face pop punkness that has been going on through yeah. the rest. Of it it would be thematically a good way to end the song too, because it's talking about ringing in the new year, hoping for better things, kind of like on resolutions, hoping right. hoping for a better new year, and realizing it's not going to happen because he hasn't changed anything. He's just yeah. in a crazy party, like. Nothing's going to change because he's doing exactly what he did the last year. He's just hoping for things that and not doing anything about it. Yeah, it's kind of like, like you said, he's at a party, and it seems like he he's like coming to terms with like, man, I don't even like being here. I don't like being around all these people, kind of thing. So why the fuck am I here? And there's also this added layer that it seems like maybe his ex was there or a girl he was trying to get with was there and he maybe wanted to patch things up with her and then he he sees her at this party, but she's engaged now to some other guy. So he's like, well, that was the one reason that I I came to this party for. Now I'm just here at this party and I fucking hate everyone here and I just want to leave kind of thing. Better get drunk. (laughs) Better get drunk. It's the only option. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's cyclical. So I think... Thematically, you're right. It, it would kind of be a nice ending to the album lyrically, and that it's kind of kickstarting the next cycle yeah. of him doing the same shit over and over again, uh, which is not a good thing. Yeah, but not. But... It's, it's a nice storytelling mechanic, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just not everything has to end on a good note. It's nice to have things end on a bad note every once in a while. Not nice for him, obviously, in, in his right. life, but. To write too, it. too many happy endings. Yeah, exactly. There really are. Like, and I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but sometimes we need more bearers of bad news. Or I agree. We don't need to learn lessons. We don't need. Sometimes just art can be made out of just people existing and continuing the existence they currently are living. I don't know. I, I agree. I feel like that could be a big discussion. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe I'll write that down. For a thing but, discussion uh, for another episode discussion for another episode uh maybe maybe next year i mean we're com- we are coming close to the year yeah. so it's kind of a nice fitting album to round out the the end of our year here. but uh we're not there yet track number 11 hangman hangman this one uh has mark hoppus in it right yep i believe it's, so yeah yeah it's it's got a lot of, wow i just sounded like a weirdo <laughs> it's, it's, got, <laughs> it's got a lot of almost dissonant sounds on this one <laughs> Yeah, but I, I couldn't really like wrap my head around. I really don't like his vocals on this one. It's got Mark Hoppus in it. The song feels like a demo to me. Yeah, like like I feel like there's something missing from this one. And because I thought that, I also thought maybe Joey likes this one. I no, I I don't okay. really care too much for this song, <laughs> and it's what, weird. What are your thoughts on Mark Hoppus slash Blink One Eighty Two? I D- lo- does that affect your opinion of the song? No, Mark Hoppus in it. Okay. It, I do actually. I really like Mark, Mark Hoppus's vocals, not necessarily in this song, but just in general. Like, okay, I like some Blink One Eighty Two, 
not so much the Tom DeLong heavy. <laughs> Where like, are you? And I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love it. God, if Alyssa just heard me do that, she'd run up here and just like kick me. <laughs> she hates when I do that. <laughs> she a fan of Blink-182. I don't know, but she hates when I do that. She's like, he sounds nothing like that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> he does. He does. But I do like Mark Hoppus. I like Plus 44. I like, uh, yeah, I, I just, I like the way he sings. But yeah. So it does sound like a demo, and there's a part where Justin, the, Justin is the singer for uh, Motion City soundtrack. In case I haven't name dropped him yet, yeah, I don't uh, think we have. But he does an intent. I'm guessing an intentionally off key, mm-hmm. like whole verse. It's not even just like a little bit, but it's just like a whole verse. And like it just I doesn't. Just, I think he just can't sing. It just doesn't work. Like, <laughs> but he's saying like at least on key for the rest of this album. And then it's just like so off, but it like, yeah, cause he, he this is a demo before they had the production team come in and, and, and fix his vocals. Here. Yeah. But it, <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems like something that I could find some like artistic value in and maybe, sure. maybe it's there and I just don't have a good enough pickaxe <laughs> to dig that far. But, yeah, or, uh, or, or the uh, hangman's, yeah. Shopping X news. I don't know. Hey, what? <laughs> executioner, hangman. You know, executioners chop off people's heads. The hangman basically doing the same thing. But it doesn't lyrically. Yeah. Uh, this one seemed like he's maybe being kind of sympathetic towards people that have cut him out of their lives because he's kind of like such a dick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to say because again, the lyrics are pretty all over the place on this track, and he says not to blame the hangman, which to me means like if you fucked up and are dealing with the consequences of what you've done, you can't blame the person that's calling you out on it. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like him saying like, yeah, like you guys were right to, to call me an asshole to, to push me away because I fucked up hard kind of a thing. Yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of him just owning up to it, I guess. But which seems, I guess, thematically like a more typical ending. But this yeah. isn't even still the end of the album, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, again, I think a demo would be okay to end the album on. Yeah. Because maybe it's a bonus track. Like, that's the thing. Like, track 10, in the album. Track 11, bonus track, it's a demo yeah. of a song that didn't make it on the album. But then there's track 12, Hold Me Down. Hold Me Down. It's it's like, it's back to the same production kind of a thing. Yeah. It's kind of a mournful, sad guitar sound on this one. Uh, yeah. I really like the outro section of the song. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's it's pretty bland, in my opinion. I yeah musically I I agree I do like the the shift in sound where it is kind of more somber more right. sobering if I if I may make that you point may. <laughs> and uh, yeah I I, I do more like, sobering than than waking up and finding a breakup letter yeah with with somebody who deeply obviously deeply cares about you being like listen. I really, I I really love you, but I, you are literally holding me down. You are holding me back in life. I can't deal with this anymore. Hopefully, at some point in the future, whatever this clears up, we can do something and work. Try to work reassess this. But uh, for now, sorry, I I loved you so much that I can't do this to your face because it would hurt me too much. And then it's like, okay, and album guys. It's it's a good it's a good down ending, I guess. Yeah, but I still feel like track ten. Maybe the song would have been better. Like maybe as track uh, 
as track 10 and then push track 10 and 11 down one. So this comes in before together what will ring in the new year, but I'm not, I'm not yeah. a, a producer or whoever determines that stuff. So maybe, maybe they, I'm sure they had reasons for doing yeah. this. I agree with you though. I 100% agree with you. I think it would have not like it would have saved the album or anything, but <laughs> there's no saving the album. From but the like, I definitely think that had they taken hold me down and put it before together, we ring in the new year. Like yeah. that would have made way more sense as an ending to the album. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, it's pretty clear at this point, in my opinion, this album is pretty generic. Uh, like I said, I never really got into this kind of pop punk stuff. I'm not sure I ever really will. Mm-hmm. Obviously there are exceptions. I referenced alkaline trio, which is probably my favorite of this genre. But I feel like, obviously, I feel like they're different because yeah. I like them. But maybe they're not. No, I think they're more punk, like actual. Yeah, like they that's have fair. More actual punk in them. That's fair. But maybe not the album that I'm going to be recommending. No. Oh. Uh, overall, though, this this whole genre was pretty saturated and samey back in the day. Mm-hmm. So it kind of all blends together for me. I can definitely see some merit in someone liking this back when it came out yeah. and having nostalgia for that. Because, I mean, I definitely still enjoy Everything is Alright. It's a fun track to sing along to and whatnot. But I don't think this album holds up today. I, I'm going to have to agree with you, especially given the fact that like I had to put this under a microscope this week. Yeah. Like, that was really the downfall of it, is it just does not hold up to like scrutiny at all. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's nostalgic to me, and I will continue listening to it. But right. I will listen to it in kind of how I would normally. I'm right. not going to. The same gonna, that you've been listening to it. Yeah, I'm not going to think too much about it. And I will enjoy it in that way. But once yeah, you start. Yeah, I think that's, that's extremely valid. Because, again, I feel like that's how I view most music. Yeah. Right? I, I don't, like, super analyze anything that I listen to for the most part. Outside oh, of this podcast. Anyway. Yeah. I do. Uh, next week, though. We're going to be talking about an album from a British punk band. So kind of, kind of same, pretty different though. It's more like industrial uh, punk rock metal kind of band, uh, Killing Joke. And we're going to be talking about their 2003 album, which is a self-titled album. So it's called Killing Joke. There are two different self-titled Killing Joke albums. Uh, so just to reiterate, we're going to be doing the one from 2003. Uh, and there's, there's some fun reasons why. I kind of teased this earlier. Uh, when you were talking about the MLB game, having everything is all right. Um, Need for Speed Underground. Oh, I think yeah. it was the first one. The first or the second one had uh, the first track from this Killing Joke album on it. And that's what made me look into this band and this album. And this album is just fucking fantastic. Uh, and I'm glad that like there's video games that made me do that. I, I feel like a lot of my like early musical exploration came from like Need for Speed Underground, Need for Speed Underground 2. And I, I cannot appreciate that enough. That needs to be a discussion for another episode because I almost went into a whole fucking side <laughs> rant once I started bringing up MLB The Show about finding new music from video, <laughs> video games. Okay. I feel like that I'll, did I'll, that for a whole generation. I'll, I'll make a note of that and maybe we can talk about that next year. Speaking of next year, we're coming to the end of the album. Or at the end of the album. Wow, I'm so used to talking about albums. We're past the uh, end of the album, actually. <laughs> we're coming to the end of the year. And we've got a special thing I've been meaning to plug and, and tease uh, coming up. So next week, we've got the Killing Joke album. The week after that, which will be airing 
the first week of January. And so January 4th, uh, we're going to be doing this kind of 2020 roundup episode. We don't have super defined rules, but basically <laughs> we're going to be talking about albums that we really enjoyed from 2020 yeah. or that we enjoyed during 2020, I guess is the better way to put it. Things that were impactful, things that we liked, basically just what we listened to a lot of in 2020. Mm-hmm. Things for the first time. Cause like, I don't know. You said you're going to do albums, try to do albums that came out in 2020. Yeah. And cause you do this like every year anyways. I well, I've, I've done it for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards just doing albums that I listened, I found in 2020 right, and had a giant impact on my overall year, I guess. Which is interesting. I think I'm excited to hear that because, I mean, just because it's interesting by itself, but also because we started this podcast <laughs> this year. Yep. So I'm kind of interested to see how those albums affected what you've requested this year or what you've recommended or what you've thought about or how you thought about things this year on the podcast well get ready to hear about it in two weeks two weeks two or, weeks people don't miss it we'll talk we'll tease it again next week yeah. just so you don't forget but uh yeah that'll be the the top of the new year and it's gonna be our first non-album specific uh episode and maybe we're gonna branch out and kind of do a little bit more of that next year hopefully we'll see uh i guess really a lot of this kind of depends on what we feel like doing in the moment yeah and how confident we feel like doing it. But uh, until then, you guys can hit us up on all the social medias. You can find us on all the, the streaming platforms. I, I'm not going to keep repeating this stuff. Yeah. You guys are smart enough to know where to find podcasts. Hopefully. And where to find our, con- our content, hopefully. Or at least one of our content outlets if you're listening to this. So oh, you know, yeah. whatever. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. If you guys want to leave us some comments, YouTube, do so. Reach out to us. We like this. If you guys have an album you want us to do, Fucking drop it in the comments somewhere. If you have some great defense of this album, then please let us know. Because uh, yeah, we shit on it, but it's not like we're, we're closed off. We 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 want to hear other people's opinions. I and want to like yeah. everything I hear, so please give me a reason to do it. <laughs> yes, and while you're doing so, while you're you're typing typing your comments, uh, just just do not forget to stay in our feedback. Bye.